0: Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we truly thank you for all the many blessings you pour upon us and an awesome blessing to be able to gather as your family in your house and to get into your word. Help us now as we do that to understand the message and apply it and to share it with others as you've instructed us to do so. Lead, guide, and direct all this as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. This time of year, with Christmas coming soon, there's a lot of depression in people. The holidays sometimes will bring great depression upon people because of family settings or because of their financial status or because of various things that they are personally dealing with. It seems like this time of year, there's a great number of people that get depressed. Instead of rejoicing and, and being glad, they become depressed. And it's important that we look at the Word of God. What does it say about being joyful? What does it say about being happy and, and rejoicing? Is We're instructed to do so. If you look at it scientifically or according to psychologists, happiness is a state of mind, not a state of being. So you can choose to be happy or to be sad is a choice. Whether you choose that based upon what situation you're in or whether you choose that based upon what you know you have to look forward to. Because if we're always thinking about what we as born-again Christians have to look forward to and think on those things like the Word tells us to do, then we can forget about the misery that we might find ourselves in in that moment and look at what we have to look forward to. And we can see instances in the Scriptures where we have some awesome recordings of individuals that chose to do that, look for what they have to look forward to, keeping their eyes on that, and David, after going through all that he went through, he would keep his eyes on the Lord. As we see at one of his Psalms in Psalm 9, a couple of verses here, David proclaiming, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. So when you keep your eyes on God and what he has done, it can bring you cheerfulness, even in a time of despair. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. Notice you're rejoicing in the Lord. Rejoicing in his power, his authority, his might. Rejoicing knowing what you have to look forward to. And he tells us this, we need to always be rejoicing. Now this is a set of verses that we go to quite often because they are instructions on how we need to always rejoice where he simply puts in Philippians chapter 4 verse 4 rejoice in the Lord always just like it said in the Psalms rejoicing in the Lord we rejoice in ourselves when we're so satisfied with what we have done or pleased with what we have done or achieved and then that rejoicing withers away Because that's fleeting, that's vain as it tells us. But when we rejoice in the Lord, that's eternal. That's all-powerful. So we need to rejoice in the Lord, what He has done, what He has promised to do for us. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men, the Lord is at hand. When we truly are thankful... As we have recently used these verses concerning thanksgiving and being thankful, then we can show that thankfulness through the rejoicing. We rejoice because we know what we have to be thankful for, and that is salvation, that is everlasting life, that is a wondrous, glorious existence with Jesus Christ for eternity and a new heaven, a new earth. That's a lot to rejoice about, it's a lot to be happy about. And we're in that way. If we're in that way, then our manner, our attitude, our display to others, will be beneficial to the kingdom. Will be beneficial to others around us. When we show out the love that we have, when we share the love, when we shine the light of Jesus Christ, when we show the happiness and rejoicing in the Lord that we have within us, that helps others. And that is our instructions to do so. That's why He still leaves us here. We have a task to show and share His love with others. And that's why he's talking about moderation be known. Everybody around us should know that we are a Christian because we are always so happy. Even in the sad times, we can be rejoicing. Even in the hard times, the difficult times, the challenges, still rejoicing. That's a good testimony. We're instructed to do so. Verse 6, be careful for nothing. That means don't be overly concerned. Don't worry. We don't have to worry. The Lord's in charge. Be careful of nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. You thank Him for what He's already done for you, and you you list everything that you need and everything that you want, constantly in prayer, don't worry. Verse 7 kicks in, And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. When we have Him first and utmost in our life, when we focus on Him then we can forget all the problems around us. Just like the example we've been given in the the Gospels about how when the Lord was walking on water and he was approaching that ship and Peter saw him out there and he said, can I come to you? And he said, yes, come. And he steps out of that ship and Peter starts to walk on that water. But it was boisterous, as it says. It was kind of a stormy night, the waves and so forth. But he got his eyes off of Jesus Christ. He started looking at all them problems. And what happened? He started to sink down into those problems. Just as we, if we get overwhelmed with our problems all around, we start to sink down in them. But Peter did the right thing. He looked up to the Lord and said, Lord, save me. And he reached down. He grabbed him, pulled him up out of that, just like the Lord can do for us. He can pull us up out of that and give us, verse 7, The peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. The mind. When we give all of our mind over to the Lord, then we can think on these positive things that He just told us here. The power of positive thinking. Those things which... Ye have both learned, and received, and heard, and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. He'll be with us and give us that peace that passeth all understanding, which is beyond what we can comprehend, beyond what we can understand. We wonder why or how it could be, but yet it is available to us. And then we won't be miserable because we won't be worrying. We won't be thinking about the negative stuff. We'll be thinking about the positive stuff. And the smile will come on your face. And then your moderation being known to all men is that this is a happy, joyful person. Well, Where did that joy come from? It comes from the Lord, not from ourselves. Rejoicing in the Lord, His joyfulness in us. And we don't have to be depressed. That's probably one of the biggest areas that people have to deal with when it comes to medications and so forth, is to overcome depression. When you get down to depressed, then your whole body starts to wither away. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So when we understand the enemy that's out there, we can see how it would be understandable to be sad. Because he has a lot of power. The enemy out there, the devil and all of his associates, Doing the best they can do to keep you down. To beat you down, keep you down, make you afraid, make you miserable. And they're doing that. They're doing that more and more. And it's on the increase. It'll be on the increase. But when we understand who we're fighting that is influencing our attitude and behavior, then we know who we need to fight Him with. That is with the power of the Lord. Because we ourselves cannot stand up against the power of Satan. But when you get the Lord in you, when you let Him fight your battles, then you can overcome Satan. Read Ephesians 6.12 again. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's not just against mankind. It's far more than that. When you have an adversary that is a mankind, a human, and they are evil, and they're coming up against you, it is actually Satan that is working through that individual to come after you. Whoever it may be. It may be somebody in your own family. It may be somebody in your workplace. It may be somebody in authority. Whoever it is that's coming up against you as a Christian is working for Satan. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That spiritual wickedness in high places, they love to indwell and manipulate the rulers of countries. They infiltrate the establishment, you might say, the governments of all countries. And we can clearly see that on display, the behavior of many of the politicians, how they got to be just pure evil. Indwelt with Satan, working for Satan to make everybody else miserable. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 20, He that handleth a matter wisely shall find good. See, it's important that when we have an issue, when we have a problem, that we use wisdom. Now, this isn't the wisdom of man, which is foolishness to God. We need the wisdom of God, which can overcome man. And whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. There again, going back to don't try to handle those problems yourself. Don't be worried and over-concerned with them. You've got to lift them up and give them to the Lord. It's prayer and supplication. Like it said back over in Philippians 4, in verse 6, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So when we're going up against these evil adversaries, which is primarily the devil, You let the power of God come in there and fight that battle. You take on that full armor of God that it speaks of in Ephesians chapter 6. And then you're able to withstand the devil and his wily ways. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. This one right here lets us know what we have to count on. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness. What does that mean? Selfishness. When you are looking at a situation, you feel like you're miserable, and you might be upset or depressed because you're looking at somebody else's life, and they might have some things that you think would make you happy, and you feel like you deserve it more than they do. They may even be a, an ungodly person, and filled with blessings that you wish you had, and you wonder why you don't have them instead of them, that's covetousness. we are not supposed to be doing such a thing. You be thankful for what you do have, salvation and wondrous things to look forward to for eternity. Let your conversation be without covetousness. And be content with such things as ye have. Challenging sometimes to be content, especially when you see somebody else that has more that really in your eyes or your mind, they didn't deserve it, but yet they get more. For he hath said, who hath said? The Lord. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. When we know that, when we trust that, when we stand on that, then we know what we have to look forward to. And when we know what we have to look forward to, we can rejoice in that. And we have it recorded for us and preserved for us in the Word of God. And it is so encouraging. And we go to it so often because it is so encouraging. When you get down, just get back into the Word of God. Find those areas in there that help lift you up. One of those is to know what you have to look forward to. And in John chapter 14, verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. We don't have to be troubled. We don't have to be depressed. We believe in God. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in what He can do for us and what He's going to do for us and already done for us. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there ye may be also. Isn't it awesome that he's going to be right there with us all the time, indwelling us, giving us the comforter, as you continue to read, He explains the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth, which is the Holy Ghost. If we keep His commandments, He's going to give that to us. In keeping His commandments, we become a born-again Christian. Because the first one is to love God with all your existence. When you do that, you become a born-again Christian. And then you take that love you share with others, love others as yourself. It fulfills those two great commandments. And then the Holy Ghost comes into you. At that moment that you become born-again Christian, and you begin to grow. The more you grow as a Christian, the more you have given to you. The more you can handle it, the more is given to you. And then more comfort, and then more peace, and more happiness. The more you trust in the Lord, the more it's going to come to you. So trust in Him, and He's going to indwell us with the Holy Ghost. And it's so awesome that he is going to give us peace once that happens. Like he says in verse 27, John chapter 14, verse 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. We've seen a lot of examples of fear being implemented on people through the last few years. and It's going to be increasing. Now they've got everybody scared to death about the wars that are going on. The Lord told us there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. Let not your heart be troubled. We don't have to worry about it. We know what we have to look forward to for eternity. And that is so encouraging. We've got to stay tied in. When we're tied in to the Lord, constantly in communication, praying without ceasing, attached to the supply, then we can have the full joy come into us. And let's look at that over in John chapter 15. The teaching of Jesus Christ. And what we need to really listen up to. In chapter 15 of John. I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit he purgeth it. That it may bring forth more fruit. Now those that are attached are bringing forth fruit. Now this purging is kind of like pruning. When you properly prune your vineyards, you get more production. And as he prunes us, means he's cutting away the things that are worthless, that are distractions, that are not valuable. So that the valuable things can come forth and use those nutrients. Now ye are clean... Through the word which I have spoken unto you. This cleansing comes from the washing away of our sins by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. If you want true happiness, you've got to stay attached. You cannot produce that true happiness yourself. The world is out there trying to do it. They're trying to do it with so many different things, with possessions, with chemicals, and so forth, behaviors. They try to fill that void. to try to have happiness, but it's all fleeting away and temporary. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. Nothing of value comes in our lives unless we know Lord. Six, If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. Talking about the judgment. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. That's some powerful words right there. Let's look a little deeper in that. Do you have a need? Look at this. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, fully trusting and fully acknowledging the word of God and believing it 100%. If you have that situation, if you're in that relationship with God, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified. Notice, Father glorified. Not yourselves. See, part of the problem that some people have is they become a Christian and they think, oh, anything and everything I ask for, I'm going to get. And what do they wind up asking for? A lot of stuff that's just for themselves. It's out of selfishness. It's not to glorify God. It's got to be to glorify God. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Now we know those two great commandments is to love God, basically with all your existence, and then to love others as yourself. Those two great commandments, everything else is fulfilled in those two. When we do that, when we truly do that, which is difficult, but we truly need to do that, he's. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. See, that's the key there. When we know that the joyfulness can come directly from Jesus Christ into us, that's more than we can have of our own or find in this world. And it can be full joy. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you. And that your joy might be full. This is my commandment that ye love one another as I have loved you. Emphasizing that once again. That love one for another. That is a challenging love to really and truly love somebody else in the way that he explains that. He emphasized that, and once again, as we go to hear so often in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 through 40, where Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. In other areas, we see might included in that. So with all your existence, you love God. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. To love someone else as much as you love yourself, that may be even more challenging than the love of God with all your existence. To truly know somebody that you would consider as valuable or more valuable than yourself. That's the kind of love he's talking about, because back over there in chapter 15 of John, he speaks of this in verse 13, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You willing to lay down your life for someone else? And it's not just supposed to be for one person or for a group. You're supposed to have that kind of love for anybody and everybody. That's a great challenge, but that's what we're instructed to do. If we can reach that level of love, for God and for others, then truly we would see it fulfilled where he tells us in verse 7 of chapter 15, If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Then we would display and have that kind of power over our lives that anything we asked of the Lord, it would be fulfilled to bring honor and glory to the Lord. If we can reach that level, but that's our goal—to love more and more, to share the love of God more and more, to shine His light and to share His love—is such a, a wonderful opportunity that He gives us to be a part of His work. And when we acknowledge it's by His power, His might, the indwelling Spirit that He gives us, when we follow His commandments, the indwelling Spirit of the Holy Ghost then we can look at what those fruits are that he mentioned earlier about being attached to the vine. The power of the Holy Ghost comes into us and we see Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 being fulfilled. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. Those things will be evident they will be fruit. They will be evident to everyone around us. That moderation known to all men He spoke of. When you truly bear them kind of fruit, people are going to come in. They want a part of that. They want to see those fruits and be a part of that and bear those fruits themselves. Let's look at those again. Love. Back to that. Over and over, all through the New Testament, it's about love. Joy. That comes along with it. When we have the love, then the joy is full. And then we're not depressed. We're not down. We're not burdened in such a way. Peace. That peace that passeth all understanding comes upon us. Those three there are the most powerful. That love, joy, and peace that we can have when we truly trust in the Lord. And jumping down to verse 24 again. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with their affections and lusts. See, that's one of the distractions that we have. Selfishness. Lustful desires. Loving ourselves more than anyone else, including God. Seeking what you want. It's all the me, me, me attitude that the world would have you to believe that's most important. What do you want to do? It's your body. Do with it as you please. No, it's not your body. Jesus Christ bought all of us back. We all belong to Him. Sinner or saint. All belong to Him. Therefore, we need to abide by His rules. And when we do then this love, joy, and peace will come upon us. And we won't be depressed. We won't be down. It's awesome what's available right there for the taking. Over in Romans chapter 8, verse 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. See, when we have that indwelling Spirit, Spirit of the Holy Ghost coming upon us, when we follow the commandments, it comes to us. When we're born again Christians, He moves into us immediately. But how much effect He has on us is based upon our willingness to let Him come forward and have that influence on us. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That kind of relationship is only available through trusting Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, that you can address the Heavenly Father as Daddy or Papa. That's what Abba means. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Because see, we become spiritually born again, quickened, brought back to life. Because when we come into this world, we're spiritually dead. We are created in the image of God. Adam and Eve were born, the body, soul, and spirit, a living spirit. When they sinned, that spirit died. Separation from that. Every person born since then, born into this world, spiritually dead. They need to trust in the Lord, and he brings that spirit to life. And then that spirit communicates with the Holy Ghost that comes into that individual. That communion of the Holy Ghost is what he speaks of. That listening to him. Then those fruits start to show the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that constant communication back and forth and talking to the Lord, that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. That ought to excite you and make you happy under any situation, that we have a joint heir with Jesus Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So even though we might be going through those hardships or those sufferings, it's nothing compared to what we got to look forward to. And then jump on over to verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, the Holy Ghost in us, Praying for us, as he says here. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. That's awesome there. That's very encouraging. That ought to bring you that peace that passeth all understanding. When you know the Holy Ghost is in you and He's praying constantly and He's doing it right, we might not know how to do it right, but He knows how to do it right. He gives us that. It's a promise that comes to us. We know that we have that when we listen to Him and we trust in Him, then He comes into us and He can guide us. He can guide us through those challenges and bring us happiness and joyfulness and full joyfulness and not have to be depressed. Because we know we have to look forward to, like David wrote in Psalm 23. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When you think about that, know what you have to look forward to. You can be happy under any situation. And Psalm 118, verse 24, This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. That's what we need to do. Rejoice and be glad in that. Constantly in that. Because we know what we have to look forward to. Trust in the Lord. First John chapter 1, verse 4, These things write we unto you, that your joy might be full. We have the Word of God. A lot of it in here helps us be lifted up to be happy. First Corinthians 2, verse 9, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him. So much ahead of us. All we got to do is love Him with all of our existence. Love others as ourselves. All this comes piling in on us. And to do what He said there in Psalm 118, 24. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Every single day. Rejoice and be glad. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we truly thank you for the encouraging words that we can have. when We dig into that scripture and find those. No matter what our situation, no matter what conflict we might be facing, we understand that we're going up against the wiles of the devil. And when we take on your full armor, that we can deflect those fiery darts, that we can overcome that by your power, your might, let you fight that battle. And we can just hang on for the ride. And we truly thank you for that ride as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Would you please stand?